Time and space have no meaning, and this is the Scum and Schneek fantasy football show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Schneek, happy belated birthday, and what is up? What up, Scum? Yes, indeed. Week five is over. Week six is upon us. The season, the league, the ups and the downs are just... uh, Piling up left and right. We've had some significant injuries recently, but man, the season is alive and well. And if I do say so myself, it is a lot of fun. You mentioned the injuries, and I think the good news is a lot of those are a little more short term. So let's not focus on those too much. Rather, I'd like to focus on the fun that you mentioned, and that's got to be our nonsense minute question this week. What is our nonsense minute? This week's Nonsense Minute kicks off our October spooky themes, and I'm going to ask you, Schneek, what is the scariest thing that you watched as a kid? I like that one. Ooh, okay. Nonsense Minute question. Scariest movie or show? We are in the spooky season as a kid growing up. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, Scum, my friend, I was not much of a scary movie, scary Halloween fan, fanatic, whatever you want to call it. You know, love fall, love the weather changes, love the the ambiance it brings. But man, I just, I never, ever got into watching those scary movies. But I do remember as a kid growing up watching The Sixth Sense. I don't know how old I was, but for whatever reason, that movie just scared the Jones out of me, man. I swear there was like a scene one time where like all the kitchen cabinets were open and for whatever, I don't know, man, for whatever reason, that movie scared me. And, you know, the kid's dead, and, you know, spoilers. But, uh, man, that was the one I would have to say uh, got me the most. Uh, and now uh, I really stay away from them. You know, every now and then I'll, I'll try to catch something, but it's with, you know, half eye open, hiding behind the pillows and the blankets and uh, waiting for it all to pass. But, no, man, the scary stuff is not really on my radar. No, for sure. I am not very into the scary things either, nor was I as a kid. I do agree. I I remember that scene in The Sixth Sense, and it was pretty creepy. And yeah, that twist ending. Sorry for the spoiler, everyone. But the thing that's always stuck out to me from my childhood was this episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? That old Nick, uh, Nick at Night show. And it was just this creepy story about like a town of people and something was wrong with them. They were all like turning into monsters or something had like this blue spit running down their mouths. And that's, what's always stuck with me. There was like a bus driver that opened the door and he had all this nasty stuff coming out of him. And that's what got me as a kid and probably took me off of scary movies, kind of like what you experienced. So today, yeah, I'll try to dabble in some things that I hear are good, but not a big jump scare horror movie kind of fella. But that's the nonsense minute for this week. If you all have something that has left a scar on your psyche from your childhood, watching something scary, let us know. We want to work through that with you. Sneak, should we talk about anything else with that, or do you want to go ahead and move on to the rankings? What are our rankings today? Hit me with them. All right, some big shakeups this week after a pretty crazy round of matchups. But we'll get started, as always, from bottom to top. Number 12, Big T. Number 11, Jimbo. Number 10, Sneak, moving on up the rankings. 
Number nine, Brendan. Number eight, Doug. Number seven, Matt. Number six, Chase. Number five, Wade. Number four, the big riser this week, Hesse. Number three, Scum. Number two, Ernie. And number one, Ben. Those top three staying the same. So what are we thinking about those? All right, all right, all right. That is, well, interesting. We, uh, I have to do say so myself, my friend. I did get the win. Now, I'm going to be sounding like a fool because I was just talking all types of nonsense last week about Gooch getting the win against me and then seeing some of our other teams lose. And there's going to be a major shakeup. I talked about Gooch being a big jumper in the rankings but that is not the case. Flipped Although, it on him. He has been at five for a couple weeks. He drops down to six here. Uh, and the big jumper, obviously, we needed to have a conversation about it, is me, Sneak, jumping up to, what is this, 10th? After beating Gooch, having quite this the week out of my guys. Now, I don't think I'm going to repeat that this week. I think I'm playing Ernie, uh, going up against my old squad. The old squad! Going up against your guys, up against the old compatriots. But I think that could potentially be a good matchup because, you know, we've already seen you take down one heavily favored and highly ranked team. So a matchup with Eric could lead to another shakeup at the top. But what do you think about the top of the rankings there staying the same? Ben stays at number one, obviously. A little humble brag, if you will. Scum won't stay in there. I think you, I forget if you were at number three or two last week, but at number three, I imagine there's going to be a showdown uh, between you and Ben coming up. Is that this week? I need to check. Just don't want to get too far into our matchups this week, but let me see. Bada bing, bada boom. Nope, you are playing Hesse. So. Hesse with that number four, I think last week was around that six or seven spot. He's going to be happy about that. He's always hemming and hawing about, if I'm not here, I'm over it. I'm done with it. Well, he made it. You know, he's in the top four, and rightly so. Had a monster Monday night, I think it was, with all those Ravens guys just putting up humongous points. 250. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that might be the highest score the league has ever seen. Absolutely. I was going to point that out. Hesse has broken the record for highest points ever scored in our league and by a pretty wide margin. Good on you. T and Jim kind of rounding us out there at the bottom. And then we've got that middle road. We talk about it every other week or so. We've got Doug sitting there, Matt, Gooch, Wade. Wade is a big dropper uh, after last week, obviously losing to our high score Hess. But that's where I think... I think atop, besides you three, we've got the Hesse at four down to Doug at nine square here. That is going to be the telltale signs of what these uh, rankings are going to do and how the league is going to shake out uh, in the weeks to come. But love to see it. Again, we've got another week ahead of us. Maybe those will be changing once more. I definitely expect there to be some changes. I think, kind of like you mentioned, that middle group, and even I'll say from the top, one through nine are all going to jostle and can beat each other, and that's going to flip-flop all around. A lot more parity in this league this year for for various reasons, and I think that's super fun to see. 
the next few weeks will be really telling too as we see what people decide to do with their future and if they want to stay in it this year or take the gym route and start selling and playing for the future. We thought Jim would be one of those contenders and you know he's made his choice at this point to play for future and kind of sell off some of his important assets. Will someone else join him in that? I think that with buys and again with just a bunch of important matchups coming up, we'll see someone else, maybe two people, make that decision. And then that'll help us to know who our playoff teams are going to be. But then once we get into the playoffs, it's just going to be a free-for-all, I think. No heavy favorite, uh, except for me, of course, because, hello, two-time defending champion. I should be the betting favorite. Duh. Let's go back to you, though. Are you happy about the win and moving up in the rankings? Or are you considering lottery odds? Not that we would ever think of the word, the T word that I won't even say here. Again, I, I can... I can brag all I want but putting up 110 points beating Gooch only put up 94 last week I get up to the number 10 spot I have a feeling after this week because Jimbo and T play each other that I will probably be dropping down at least a spot maybe two back down to the 12 Doug currently right above me like I keep saying man it's that middle the middle of the pack one of the I thought it was going to be Gooch last week I'm going to call that maybe it'll be Matt this week I think he goes up against Wade. Uh, maybe Matt will be a big power rank jumper. I'm going to call it. This is going to be the week for that whole group, you included, Scum, I'm sorry. Or there might, not might, there's going to be some power ranking shakeups uh, that is really going to set this league afire uh, because of the matchups. And let's get into those matchups now if you want, Scum, unless... Is there anything else, Scum, that you want to discuss on the power rankings? No, nothing else. Let's get into the matchups after a word from a sponsor. This week's episode of the Scum and Sneak Show is once again brought to you by Spirits by Sneak. That's right, folks. We are in mid-October. That means Halloween. That means fall. That means cooler weather. Decorations, fun in the clouds, fun in the foggy weather. Whatever it is, wherever you're at, whatever's going on, Spirits by Sneak is here to make sure you enjoy yourself. And we're talking about wine. Now, I, my friends, my fans, everybody listening, I am not a wine fan, but wine is enjoyed at dinners, a lot of meals. Wine is enjoyed by all. Let's just say that. Cabernet Sauvignon Blanc is what we're talking about today. Pour that ooey, gooey, red drippy droozy into that wine glass and have yourself a drink on spirits by sneak enjoy it enjoy yourself don't worry sneak inc has all of your table side needs covered sneak inc And we're back. 
interesting ad by uh, Schneek Inc. and Spirits by Schneek this week, Scum. I don't know what your thoughts are on wine. Uh, I don't know if the message came across, but we cover it all at Schneek Inc. And uh, we are a proud sponsor of the Scum and Schneek show. We love what the show is doing for the world, for the sports world, for all fans of fantasy football. And we are so happy and glad to be a part of it. Not to derail too much, but pretty big fan of wine, specifically Spanish wines. Like to partake of that at a nice dinner or if we're getting a bottle. But yeah, thank you, Schneek Inc., for the great suggestion. With that being said, let's get into the matchups. And we're going to start with mine, of course, the number three ranked team, I greater than Hesse, versus the number four ranked team, Juge 330. Pretty big matchup in the rankings, the two top scoring teams uh, by points. And yeah, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little nervous. I am greater than ESE. Oh my gosh, I just got that as I was reading it. What a freaking name. And then against the Juge 330, a battle of the, the spiritual warriors over here. What is going on with these names, guys? But it is fun. That is why we are here for the fun and the change-up. But dang, current projections show a narrow victory from Hesse. I don't know if – it looks like the lineups are fairly well set as of today. Whew, scum, you got to roll out Alex Collins because you've got Kamara on a bye. Yipes on spipes. That's not going to be the funnest for you to see. But Eckler has been destroying. Julio looks like he's back. Thielen, I do expect a bounce-back game. He hasn't scored, I don't think, in the last two weeks. He does seem to be a touchdown-dependent player. Godwin a little banged up on Thursday. You hate to see that going into an early game, but it looks like he's uh, been upgraded to participants and healthy and all that good stuff. Rondale Moore in the flex. Man, let's take a look at Hesse's team because he relies heavily on the Ravens and the Bucks, and that so far has proven to be a decent formula for points and for wins. 3-2 and two against 4-1. and one. He's got Lamar Jackson against the Chargers. We just saw not necessarily through the air what the Browns did against the Chargers. So maybe he can get a big rushing game out of Lamar Jackson. Uh, but after what we just saw on Monday night, it almost is looking like that that shouldn't be too much of an issue for the Ravens. And I think the biggest thing, like we kind of branched it over, and I can go back to the Godwin thing here, is that that Bucks matchup against Philly on Thursday night uh, should be a it should be a big high scoring affair. We should see Mike Evans, Antonio Brown uh, have big games. We should see Chris Godwin have a big game. You know when Tom Brady is out here throwing for four hundred yards and four touchdowns, five touchdowns a game, the wealth gets spread around. And last week Godwin was the low man, and he still put up ten for seventy or or seven for. Whatever it was, and he still put up a decent number. What did he score you last week? Scott? Let me take a look here real quick. Twelve and a close to twelve and a half, you know, throw a touchdown in there and, and you know he's 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 solid. But other than that, the biggest thing we need to talk about this matchup is the upset. Mm-mm-mm. The upset. Mm-mm-mm. It's the upset of the week. Hesse beats scum. Upset of the week, Hesse beat Scum. 
Upset of the week. Scum and sneak upset of the week? Scum and sneak upset of the week. Upset of the week. Yeah, yeah. Looks like Juge330 will beat I am greater than he Hesse. Baby, upset of the week. That's right, Hesse. We are coming for you to call you upset of the week. You are going to go in your fourth spot to beat the three-spot scum, and that will probably result in a at least a one-notch flip on our power rankings. Big Hesse, our, our uh, Hawaiian island native, takes down my partner, my friend, my confidant, scum. I'm sorry for that, Scum. It is just not going to be in the cards for you this week, and it is going to be rough one for you to go to four and two. Hesse to go to four and two. Uh, Hesse most likely will have the higher points there. So that's right. Big upset of the week, Hesse over Scum. Honestly, unbelievable that we're doing this, calling me the upset of the week. But I did admit that I was nervous, mostly because I don't have... Alvin Kamara or Calvin Ridley. I didn't have Ridley last week either. Ugh. But two big guns, and my depth is really being tested with some guys out on buys and, and being injured. So this is the time for, for Hesse to strike for sure, especially coming off that major week that we talked about uh, in week five. You mentioned that I have Alex Collins in. I'm hoping that Chris Carson misses another week. That's why I have him in right now. Or I, I am. I'll be. I'll be honest. I'm trying to make a move for a, a stopgap running back. So, you know, we'll see if that bears any fruit. But you you went pretty in deep to the matchups. I mean, the the Bucks game is going to be very important, and we're going to get to that later in the episode. But otherwise, you know, hopefully the the Chiefs stack can bounce back uh, for me. It is kind of a battle of the stacks with the Mahomes Kelsey versus Lamar Jackson and both Mark Andrews and Marquise Hollywood-Brown. So I guess the the matchup's going to go really off the back of like two or three games. And then hopefully Eckler or whoever else I get can be the swing for that. But I guess I'm getting upset, and that makes me very upset. So let's move on. Let's go to the next matchup. We've got another fun one, the 8-9 matchup with... Russ's Revenge, Dope versus Team Doug J, the eight and nine teams facing off in a battle of who should push closer for the playoffs. Brendan and Doug. Now this one is not as interesting just because we still have this feeling that Brendan's team has got to turn it around. He's got to... There's got to be something uh, changing the winds here to get him uh, back in the winning column. I think he's, Jesus, he lost. Is this right with showing he's lost four in a row? He hasn't won since week one. Holy cramboli! That is not a recipe for success. Dang. Do nothing, commit. Jeez, Louise, bro. Let's take a look at what these matchups are looking like. 
Ooh, Brandon's got some nice plus matchups. Swift against Cincinnati, Devontae against Chicago, Diggs against Tennessee. This could be the finally the Diggs game where he goes like for a 30 joint because Tennessee's uh, secondary is atrocious. This finally might be the Diggs game. Chubb is always going to be there. Good for he's got he's rolling out Carr against Denver. Russell Hurt, Matt Ryan on by. This is not the week he's going to want to do that. All the turmoil going in uh, for the Raiders, but maybe he rises above it. Carr had a bad game last week against another good defense, and the, the Broncos have a good defense. I'd like to see Brandon try to do something in that quarterback position, but what's he going to do? I have all the quarterbacks. We can make a trade, though. I know you've got probably a first somewhere in your uh, clutches there, Brendan, so come uh, see if you want a quarterback. But McCaffrey, it looks like he's back from it. Oh, if McCaffrey's back from his injury against Minnesota, that is a nice matchup. <sighs> All right, Doug, what are we working with here? Darren Waller against Denver, I don't like. He's playing Amon Ra. He's got Christian Kirk, who's been super up and down. Claypool finally looks to be the guy, especially with Juju Hurt. And that Seattle matchup is very juicy with a Ben Roethlisberger, Claypool stack. And Fournette has been the man up and down on that Bucks offense for the running the running attack, the last two weeks, 21 and 23? Man, that's the Forney of old that we all thought he was going to be. I think he's been on a lot of teams recently. I started with Wade, came over to me, now to Doug. Derrick Henry against Buffalo. I guess I should have waited this week to call the uh, uh, hope and dope, dope call for Derrick Henry because he put up 40 last week. So I was yikes on strikes. I was very, very uh, wrong with that call, but so be it. I think I was wrong with my uh, hope call, too. I called for Allen Robinson to finally finally be the, be the a, have a, himself a good game, and that was just a letdown as per usual. But current projection, so Brendan with a 20-point victory. Let me see. What did Doug just do last week? Because I know we're talking about he just doesn't have the firepower, but Doug last week put up 150, and Brandon put up 166. So if they stay current with that, Brandon still gets his victory, and that's what I'm calling for. I'm calling for uh, Brandon to get the win against Douglas. Doug goes to 2-4. and Brandon gets back in the win column at 2-4. and They're going to be the same record. Uh... Brendan, what's going on with the team, man? Is it injuries? Is it just lack of living up to the the hype? And I mean, I know you've had the injuries, man, but I just think you should still be doing better than what you're doing. And and you know, we we all thought the same, but huh, interesting. I don't know, scum. This is, I think, so far out of all the matches we talked about, this one is going to be the least close. <laughs> I don't know about that. I do agree with you that Brandon should win, but I think it'll probably be closer than than you're thinking. Well, one, maybe I'm biased because Doug beat me when he shouldn't have, but I think that goes to show that his team does have some firepower, even though we've said it doesn't. You cited his 150-point score last week, which is pretty good, and it is off the back of his running backs who have become Three legit workhorses, at least when they play. We knew Derrick Henry was, but Daryl Henderson, if if he's feeling healthy, has been a workhorse for the Rams, and we know that offense is really good. And Fournette has just taken hold of that Bucks job. Ronald Jones is sayonara, see you later, which I guess it's fine because I don't have many more. 
But when you look at the running back matchups, like that's a pretty strong trio for Doug. And you'd say that Brandon's trio is equally strong, if not better, with McCaffrey, Swift, and Chubb. But you have the injury concerns about McCaffrey, which you talked about. And also Swift and Chubb, as good as they are, they do split time. So there is a chance that someone else gets the touchdown, whether that be Kareem Hunt or Jamal Williams. And Doug doesn't have that concern for his running backs, really. So he could surprise there. And as long as he gets some kind of output from Kirk or Amon Ra, I mean, it could be pretty close. Brandon has been struggling with his third wide receiver all year. We saw him really make a bad call last week with Corey Davis. Not that you know we could give him too much guff for it because I think I would have done the same thing. He has an easier decision this week because Corey Davis is on bye. So he does have Michael Pittman in. But I think both those guys have just been fairly up and down. It's hard to know which one to start. So again, Brandon's hoping that he can have some good output from that spot. But if Doug beats him there at wide receiver three, uh, it could end up being closer. And then I think it is interesting to point out that both these teams do kind of have the uh, the ultimate like streaming backup waiver quarterbacks since they're having health and bye week issues for their main starters. So Derek Carr and Ben Roethlisberger are guys that like most most seasons, most weeks, you're like, yeah, I, I have this problem that they have, so I'll put in these guys and they should do fine. So I think that's kind of funny. And of course, always got to point out the reverse stack, Derek Carr on Brandon's team to Darren Waller on Doug's could be could be something that you know we we look back on and say okay Derek Carr had a decent game through two touchdowns but oh both went to Darren Waller so that really helped Doug like I said I agree that Brandon should win but this one might be a little bit closer so we'll see moving on to the next matchup oh wait you're signaling that we have we have an update Yep, I just got a memo on my desk. We have another ad from Sneak Inc. The Scum and Sneak Show, as always, is sponsored by Sneak Inc. Now, again, just for everybody's knowledge, we have three divisions of Sneak Inc. We have Sneak Sweets, Suppers by Sneak, and Spirits by Sneak. Well, right now, as we mentioned, the weather's starting to turn. It's getting a little chillier out there. Suppers by Sneak is ready to get you guys cozy and schmozy with that Marie Callender's Pot Pie. The frozen Marie Callender's Pot Pie from any grocery store is a go-to meal when you don't know what to do for dinner. Pop that sucker in the oven for about 70 minutes, and that thing comes out piping hot, Throw some butter on that sucker, maybe even a little grated cheese if you're really trying to amp it up, and you will have a fall meal you won't regret. Suppers by Sneak. So I know a thing or two about a Marie Callender's pot pie, and uh, let me tell you, they're pretty good. Uh, let's continue on with our matchups, though. We've got our number one ranked team, the Peyton Sawyer team. Scratch that. The Sawyer Peyton team versus High Speed Chase in the Cooper Cup Bowl. The number one team against the number six team. 
Ben is just on a tear, and I don't think we can say enough about it. He is 5-0. and oh. Nobody saw this coming. I sure as heck did not see this coming, but I am, ex- I am so happy and proud to see Ben put together a winning uh, formula and culture on that team. He's not scoring the most points. Uh, Scum and Earn have more points than him. Uh, Hesse has more points than him. Uh, Gooch is only a couple points behind. Even Brendan, he's got more points than him. But Ben, you've been getting the wins, and that's all. All that really matters, man. As long as you don't find yourself in a tie coming up. But we've got the gut, the Gooch high speed chase against Sawyer Payton. Current projections so show very even. Uh, Gooch looks like he's got Stafford back in that lineup against the Giants. I expect a massive game there. And like I mentioned before, Brady on Thursday night, I would not be surprised if we get another three to 400 yarder, three to four touchdown game. The Miles Sanders against Tampa Bay on that Thursday night, again, he's not going to be rushing for anything, but if he can get in that receiving game, Miles Sanders could be nice. Taylor had himself a huge game on Monday night, 35 points, and then he's got Houston this week. I expect him to repeat that kind of performance. I don't I, I I think Ben really needs to figure out something in that tight end spot. I know he's been getting the wins, but I think Komet all year has scored like 15 points, if that. So I think Ben needs to try to look down and see what he's got on the roster for an extra tight end. Uh, or try to find a trade partner, try to find something on the waivers because Komet's not cutting it in the tight end spot. And on the other side, really, Gooch rolling out Ricky Seals-Jones is not much better, but he's he's only played in like three games this year so far and has like double-ish the points of Komet. So I, I, I give the um, advantage tight end to Gooch here. I give the advantage... Really, we could probably look at a nice – we could almost look at a Warsh at quarterback and a Warsh at running back. Edmonds and Aaron Jones against Jonathan Taylor Miles Sanders. They currently – the projections are almost at a Warsh. The receiving is a little bit less, I would say, maybe Gooch side than Ben's side. DJ Moore having a crazy year. Cooper Cup having a crazy year. McLaurin having a his up and down year. You know, Boyd – Sutton, uh, he's got Jacoby Myers, you know, in there. This is going to be a very hard one to choose the winner. And I'm going to have to think about it. Scum, what do you got to say about this matchup? I think you made a lot of good points, covered a lot of it, especially the continuing yo-yo of Terry McLaurin up, down, up, down, just because I said it last week and wanted to, I don't know, say I'm right. But he's probably due for an up week uh, since he was so-so last week. And has the matchup with the Chiefs this week. So I would expect Washington to be playing from behind. And that means more targets, more yards, more catches for Terry McLaurin. So Chase probably has the advantage or at least the upside there. And I would pick him to win. I would say that, I like, I like, that uh, like I said, a lot of even matchups there. But Terry McLaurin should be able to hang with the likes of, of Cup and DJ Moore. But where I think the matchup really hinges is in the flex spot. Chase has Jacoby Myers, who still has yet to score a touchdown in his career, but is a pretty safe option, just, again, targets, catches, yardage-wise. And then he's matched up on the other side against Devin Singletary in Ben's spot, who he just has not changed, even though we've seen the the Bills start to go to Moss a little more. So I think that you know if he figures that out and he realizes that, 
then it could change. But as long as it's Singletary, uh, Chase gets the advantage in the flex. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Where is it going to come down to? It's probably going to have to come down to... Gosh, I really can't pick it here. Well, I got to go with Ben. He's our he's our number one ranked team. Gooch is our number six ranked team who just lost to me. He lost Saquon. Uh, he freaking doesn't have any of his 49ers this week. He's got to get the loss. Ben goes 6-0. and uh, and and gets the win. There it is. I, that's what I got. I got to go with it. I mean, what else? What else is there to say? He's. It just is not looking like it's going to be too fun for Gooch this week. Yeah, I mean, if Ben can be six and zero after the first six weeks, I would say he's pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot. I mean, I know anything can happen, but. He's played a moderate schedule, played some of the teams that he would com- be competing for uh, theoretically uh, and still has some easier matchups coming up. So he might be setting himself up to be uh, pretty solid for the postseason. Let's move on from the only undefeated team to our two winless teams. Our number 12 ranked team, Juice Check, that's Big T's team, Versus the number 11 ranked team that is Jimbo's Roadkill Skull and Crossbones Emoji. So like I said, one of them is going to have their first win of the season, which has some implications and, I don't know, I think at least will will mean a lot to someone's mental psyche. Jimbo against T. We've got Jimbo's Roadkill against Juice Check. T, 0-5. Jimbo, 0-5. The battle of the uh, uh, winless. How about that? The battle of the winless. The battle of our 11-12 and 12 squad. But like I said earlier, they uh, one of them has to get the win, unless this one ties, but we're not going to get into ties anymore. I don't know what I was thinking about that. Gosh, let me see here what we got. Kyler Murray against Cleveland I don't like. Aaron Rodgers at Chicago I like a little bit better for some reason, even though Chicago's had a great defense this year. Oh gosh, Jimbo, you got to play McNichols. Connor has actually been playing decent, even though we hate him. Woods had himself a stupidly good game last week playing against the Giants. He could probably have that same type of game. Ruggs, uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, Fant was a dud, but maybe he gets at least another touchdown this week. Gosh dang. Well, just just at a quick glance, I, advantage goes T. Uh, his receiving uh, tight end flex options are better plus matchups, I believe, than Jimbo's. Uh, Jimbo did just trade away Clyde uh, for you know some picks. He's trying to tool up a little bit for an offseason push to rekindle uh, this team into something good. Again, we've got Mari Cooper and DK. Those guys outplay Ruggs and Robbie Anderson, Odell and Odell's probably not going to do much, but it's against Arizona. Maybe he can get himself a touchdown. Rodgers has, after that week one, has been on a nice mid-20 point consistency roll. I don't really see anywhere on the bench that someone could get in here to make a difference in the lineup they're all pretty much dumb dumb players down there so but i'm gonna go advantage t for the win current projections show that uh 
I just think even if Murray has himself a good game, McNichols and Connor, Connor against Cleveland, like if he even if he can get a plunge score, he's not going to really be getting much much yards against that defense. So I guess it's going to come down to the receivers between these two on which. Uh, which ones can get you know maybe a double touchdown maybe get over uh, get over some of those 100 yard thresholds but t you get the win you go to uh one and five jimbo goes to oh and six uh jimbo probably that means he jumps he pops down to 12 t probably jumps up to 11 maybe we'll have a sneak t tie at the 11 spot uh but that will remain to be seen but and that you know he's yeah i don't i think that's the matchup yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's a lot more to add with the matchup between two winless teams. I think that I would also give the advantage to Tyler just with those receivers and with Jamal Williams against the Bengals. I would expect that both he and DeAndre Swift have pretty good games, so Tyler can bank on that. Jim might get a boost, and I already talk, talked about this a little bit with my matchup, but if Carson plays, he can play Chris Carson and be a little more competitive. Again, I'm hoping against that, but you never know. Maybe that neck is feeling okay. So slight advantage to Tyler. Could swing with Chris Carson, but that um, also could swing with Kyler Murray just uh, with a 50-pointer. I know you said you don't like the matchup that much. I am starting to think he's kind of matchup-proof. So we'll see if, if that bears out. But, yeah, Someone should get their first win and join you in that one and five club, giving the other person a little advantage in the lottery. But a lot more season to play left, and I think more matchups between the three of you that are kind of competing for that top lottery spot. So that'll be fun to watch. I am interested in that just because it's fun and the draft is fun. So we'll see how that shakes out. Moving on to our next matchup, we've got our number five ranked team, Team Wade Yealy, coming off their first loss of the season, versus Matt's team. Goodell is a... And he's ranked number seven. So another matchup of that middle group that we've been talking about and harping on. Uh, What have you got to say about it? Well, good news for this matchup and good news for Matthew because it is the blowout of the week. Best coming sneak blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Let's go. It is going to be a bloodbath. It is going to be... The winds are going to be howling at 200 miles an hour and just going to blow Wade Yealy right back into that dusty old, rusty old car shop uh, that he uh, crawls out of every now and then. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. All I know is this is the blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Matt gets himself another win. He's on a two-game winning streak. If he gets this win, which we're calling for it, he goes to 4-2, and two, uh, and he's looking just fine. Gibson had himself a nice week last week. Uh, you know he's disappointed in his receivers this year, but I think this might be the week where things start to even out. Herbert against Baltimore, with the way that defense is playing and the way that that offense is playing, you've got to expect that to be a, blow, a barn-burning blowout-type game of a lot of points being scored. But, again, Josh Allen on Monday night against Tennessee, we wouldn't expect nothing less than 40 points from him What he like what he just did at Kansas City. I just – I keep – I mean, 
He's got Cordero on a bye. What can he do there? He's probably going to play Devontae Booker, so that's that. Uh, but Matt's got Gibson against Kansas City. I love that matchup. He's got James Robinson against Miami. Love that matchup, even though it is Sunday morning in London. Hopkins against Cleveland, not the greatest, but Hopkins is proving to be fairly well consistent no matter what defense he's playing, barring he's out of his injury little window there. Deontay Johnson against Seattle is lovely. A.J. Brown against Buffalo is also very lovely. Uh, Jared Cook against Baltimore, touchdown dependent there. I think Matt might want to find a different tight end if he can. Does he got anyone on his bench? Dan Arnold against Miami could be the could be the call there. But Gaskin, Gaskin had himself a nice game last last week. Maybe they're finally going to use him correctly. But And Clyde is hurt. So Wade, uh, with that trade that Wade made to get Clyde, uh, he doesn't even get to play him really probably for the next three to five weeks if the rest of the year. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, Tyreek Hill. CeeDee Lamb doesn't have the best match. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't like that Dallas New England at New England passing game. CeeDee Lamb could put up one of those weird stinker games. But Tyreek Hill and Mike Williams do have a lot of firepower to make up for that. Uh, Hawkinson has been just the shadow of what he started out with, right? 23-18 and then a combined like 10 points the last three weeks. Brutal. Uh, but it doesn't really – it's not going to make I, – I like the Buccaneers defense more than I like the Vikings defense. But again, uh, Matt's side of the ball with the injuries to the running back, uh, it just is proving to be too much for Wade. He gets his – he gets blown out. And I think there was some rumblings between these two before last week to where Matt was trying to, I think he was trying to unload James Robinson to Wade. I think they had some conversations about a trade uh, for James Robinson. I don't think, I know the Wade trade with Jimbo was a first and a second and uh, Etienne, but I think Matt's trade was just the first and a second for James Robinson, wasn't taking Etienne to try to, you know, give Wade both those guys, Etienne, coming off that injury. Uh, but Wade went the different direction, got Clyde from Jimbo, and Clyde immediately gets hurt. You can't see the future in these things, and that is just brutal. But this might be one of those instances where Wade looks back and be like, well, I maybe should have just took the James Robinson trade uh, and and played off of that more so than the Clyde trade. Don't know Wade with the loss this last week. We're calling for Wade to get another loss this week. And the uh, the second of our darlings of the league uh, starting up there along with Ben, Wade looks like he might be on a fall down those rankings that he might not be able to recover from, especially uh, with the injury uh, to Clyde. And we're getting into buys, and he just isn't the deepest of teams. So... That could spell troublesome for that team. But Matthew gets the win. He blows him out, and that is our matchups. Yeah, our blowout of the week. And this week was hard to pick that just because there was a lot of close matchups, it felt like. But this one was a result of Matt just having a clear advantage at the running back position. And like you said, he's probably thankful that he has James Robinson to play this week, where Wade was wishing that he had been able to see the future and made a different deal. But, you know, Devontae Booker was admirable last week in his fill-in role for Saquon, but he plays the Rams this week, so I, I don't foresee a repeat of that. Uh, the, the thing, though, that Wade does have is he's liable to 
blow up at any time with Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams, CeeDee Lamb, and even now Kadarius Toney, who is just, I mean, he's the last man standing for the Giants, but he's looking like he's got plenty of juice, looking like he belongs in the league. So that's good for Wade, uh, another solid pickup for him. But I just think that Matt can match him uh, with receivers as long as those guys bounce back, which it looks like they are going to be. And then he's got uh, the man, Justin Herbert, who's coming off a monster game, who I expect nothing less from. And that's why I agree with you that Matt should pull out this win. Should be a blowout, but I think that this week, uh, aside from the obvious choice that we're going to get into here, uh, it is the blowout potential and might be one of the smaller blowouts that we see overall this year. Just, uh, again, a week full of good, close matchups, which is fun. And as always, let's round it out with your matchup, the new number 10 squad, Big Schneek, uh, Schneek Inc. team versus LaVisca, LaVusca. And let me do it this week. Shanuska, our number two ranked team. And again, you mentioned it earlier, a little matchup of the flip-flopped former squads of each other. And also, before we get into it, I'll just do Pitt's talk. I'll get it out of the way. You don't even need to respond this week because he blew up, obviously. Part of it was because no Calvin Ridley. I'll be fair with that. But, I mean, it's been coming. The targets have been there. He's learning how to play in the league. And he is basically a wide receiver listed as a tight end. So he's he's getting that work. He's lined up out wide really often. Looks really good. I love him. Again, he's going to be up and down. He's going to be more in the middle of what we were both talking about. But Pitt's talk this week is very positive. But let's get into the matchup now. So what are your thoughts in your matchup versus Ernie? I'm going to be completely honest here. The current projections are... Ernie to win by 40. Now, I would expect that to be more maybe 50 or 60 as we get closer to the week. But I did just put up 110. I think the team I've got in there now is probably the team I'm going to run out. I don't necessarily think I love some of my matchups. I don't love the DAC against the Patriots matchup in uh, the passing game. Uh, I like Geo against Philly on Thursday night to maybe get us another sneaky score. But I think I did lose. I think I've got Ty Johnson on a bye. So I have to play Kylan Hill, who doesn't really get any run. So that's probably a zero. Sammy Watkins got hurt. He's coming out the lineup. Dawson Knox, maybe I'm going to have to go. I might have to go uh, jumbo with Knox, Hunter, Henry, throw Renfro up there, take over Watkins' spot. Looks like I'm probably going to have to get a new kicker, too. But that's all a moot point because, again, what we talk about every week. Eric E. Fritz, LaVisca, LaVusca, Shanuska has just a really, really deep, good team. Najee's been playing great. Darnold, even though as of late, has been kind of struggling with interceptions. He still is a candidate to always put up good numbers. I expect Tyler Lockett to have a good game. I expect Chase to again have a good game. Uh, Elliot is, looks like he's back to form. I'm proud and happy to see that. Uh, but really, again, kind of what we do every week. Even after last week's win, I don't know how much I can sit here and say that this matchup is going to be close, is going to be an interesting one, barring any sort of major injury. Now, that was the reason why I I think I beat Gooch last week. He had some early injuries uh, to his team, and he just lost out on the points. Uh, So unless that happens again, I'm most likely getting the loss. I think, Scum, you would agree 
that that is what is going to happen. Now, obviously, stranger things have happened. We've said that before on this show. But I don't think old Soup Face Sneak Inc. gets a second win in a row. Uh, and Ernie stays up in that top and gets the win. I do agree. It should be a win for Eric's team. But, you know, I... No, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> he should win. He's got all the pieces. Even if Dalvin doesn't play or Mixon doesn't play, he's got replacements. And... Yeah, I mean, good to see that he made the right picks with his first three going uh, Chase, then Najee, then Pitts. I mean, they've all been hits so far. Hey-o. And, yeah, Zeke is not old and fat and washed up, as he is quick to point out. So good on you, Eric. Both teams in this matchup have more of the same of what they wanted, what they were going with uh, into the season as far as their expectations. So... We carry on, we move forward, and we wrap up the matchups for this week. That was pretty good, but now let's move into what normally is hopes and dopes, but it is October, so you know what that means, folks. It's the return of Tricks and Treats. It's it's the fall, it's Halloween time, it's October. We are swapping out hopes and dopes for Tricks and Treats. Ooh! Tricks and treats. Scum, I know we always, at least I do, I kind of flip-flop on trying to find that sneaky guy on someone's bench to jump in there and play off of a possible big performance or just to outright call some of the studs and the duds out there on what they're going to do. Uh, But I am going to focus in on, I'm focusing in on the Jimbo and the T matchup. They don't get a lot of love around here. They, uh, they're both 0-5. They've got the matchup this week. And I've got T beating Jimbo. And in order for that to happen, and I think I mentioned, or I didn't mention this, but he's probably going to have to do this. He's going to have to play Darrell Williams on the bench. He's on his bench. He's going to be in a starting role now that Clyde is hurt. He's got to put Darrell Williams into that flex spot. So he can run three running backs and get Aguilar out of there. I'm calling for this to be a sneaky, fun game for Darrell Williams. Uh, Against Washington, their defense is not what people thought it was going to be this year. So Darrell Williams in that lineup makes uh, just a better case for T to get the win. That is my hope call. And my dope call going over on to Jimbo's side. My trick, my treat... Again, my treat is Darrell Williams. T, get him in the lineup. And my trick is going to be... You know what? I'm going to go with Fant. Uh, Last week he disappointed, uh, even though he had, you know, I think, I don't even know how many. He only had four targets last week, the lowest of the year besides week three. He's had some nice games, but... That Pittsburgh game might have showed us that Bridgewater is starting to look other places, starting to connect more with Cortland. So my trick on Jimbo's team is Noah Fant. I don't, 
Let's see. Can he even put anyone else in? I, Logan Thomas is hurt. Conklin. Uh, I mean, he's going to have to stick with him, but it's going to be another disappointing week out of the tight end spot. Uh, and I expect Higby to probably get himself another touchdown at the very least, maybe get another couple catches to win that matchup. So my treat, Darrell Williams on T-Squad. My uh, trick, uh, Noah Fant on Jimbo Squad. <laughs> like how I'm saying squad? Like a freaking lunatic. We getting it. Don't even fret. Squad, squad, squad. My treat this week is from a squad that I don't want to give hope to, but I have to. My treat this week is on Hesse's team, and it's T. Higgins. T. Higgins is one week returned from his injury. Wasn't that productive last week, but I'm going to chalk that up to the fact that he was getting right. And I just think that coming back this week with a nice matchup against the Lions, he is going to be as productive as Jamar Chase. And as he should get him in the lineup, I would expect a touchdown from T. Higgins and kind of back to form. Now, my trick this week is also from Hesse's team. And I'm going to cheat because, again, I don't want to puff him up too much and I want to win. So my trick is a combo of Mike Evans and Antonio Brown. They both can't be awesome again, and it's going to be the Chris Godwin show, and I'm going to beat Hesse despite what we said about upset of the week, and tricks are Mike Evans and Antonio Brown. Book it. Now, I'm the one that sounds like a lunatic after that, so let's just move on to America's favorite segment, Scum and Sneak at the Thursday night game. Wrong. But we picked the winners. Uh, have we been? I think last week was our first week where we didn't I don't know? Did we pick the Rams to win? I can't. I can't forget. I'm gonna have to go to the tape uh, and and see what it is that we made the call for. But uh, this <clears throat> week it's the Bucks and the Eagles. Now, obviously, going to be an easy call. Bucks get the win. Eagles lose. Uh, score, score, score. Bucks got to put up at least. All right, I'm going to go 20. Yeah, I'm going to go 20. I'm going to, it's got to be in the 20s at least. I'm going to go 31. Do I always do 31, 28? I'm going to make this thing a freaking score fest. It's going to be 35, 31. Four? Can we do that? 35-34? 35-34, one-point victory for the Bucks. Uh, Brady probably gets himself at least three to four touchdowns. There might be a defensive score in there. Uh, and the Bucks defense isn't the greatest. They're really good against the run, uh, but they're going to have to try to score. And, uh, and Richard Sherman is out there on the on the corner. So uh, 30, what did I say? 30, I forget all. 35-34, Bucks win. How's that? I don't know if I see it that high scoring, even though I would like it if it is Chris Godwin getting all those touchdowns from Brady. But I do agree that the Bucks will win. I do see it as maybe they get out to like an early lead, kind of clock control after that. The Eagles make a late push, but can't quite get it done. So I'm going to say Bucks win 23 to 17. And that's it for this week, folks. We're still here despite life changes. We're supporting you. We're giving you what you want and need. So thanks as always for listening and sneak. Take us out. 
again, once again, this is the scum and sh again, once again, <laughs> gosh, I'm running out of words here. I need to get uh, some training and going on, but we are, are happy and joyful. Uh, don't be, don't be scared out there, folks. Uh, just keep listening to this coming sneak show. We got you. We got you. Peace. Bye. Man, air's kind of thin up here, huh?